Good evening and welcome to this episode of the podcast to fall asleep to. I'm your host, Jimmy Joe. And I'm here to talk about things that are unimportant and uninteresting until you take this train to Sleepy Town. Special guest producer Melvin has found a toy that he likes playing with, so we might hear him doing some of that. Tonight, you might have heard him doing that while I was finishing the introduction. Special guest producer Moose is sitting on a chair behind me. Very cute. He was just purring when I was petting him. I might pet him some more. He might purr some more. You might hear that tonight. I interrupted him. He was grooming himself. I spent a couple hours today uh, recording a different podcast. That is the Drinks and Disney podcast. I was recording this with the host of that podcast, as well as her boyfriend, the master mentalist, and my girlfriend, Morgan. And our episode is going to play on Valentine's Day. It's about the romantic movie Wally. So if you want to hear me and Morgan talk with Stina and Nader about Wally, tune in to Drinks and Disney podcast on Valentine's Day. The drink was gin with lime flavored sparkling water and mint. I once drank an entire bottle of gin in one night. I was 20 years old in France at the time. 19 or 20, I don't remember. I uh, started having a couple cocktails in the afternoon. I used to like to do that sometimes. Around four o'clock, I'd have a snack and a couple drinks. And I just kept drinking them while I was uh, cooking dinner. And then I sort of had developed a taste for them, uh, so I just kept drinking them with dinner. And then I just kept drinking them after dinner till eventually the whole bottle was gone. Next morning, I awoke feeling pretty bad, as you would expect. And I found that I had written my journal the night before I win. 
the gin loses. And I don't drink like that anymore. But I drank a small amount of gin today recording the Drinks in Disney podcast, so be sure to check that out on Valentine's Day. But this isn't about entertainment. This is about going to sleep. Coming at you tonight from my Highland Park studio. As I mentioned before, I'm joined this episode by special guest producers Melvin and Moose. They were sitting uh, practically on top of each other when I came home earlier. It was very cute. I've been on set for a show, a Japanese show, and the studio we're sitting at has a uh, resident cat. That is all black, and he's a big boy, he's a lot to love, and his name is Thundercat. He's very playful. He's a young three or four years old, something like that. I like him a lot. And there was also an all-black cat today while recording uh, Drinks in Disney, who was, I think she's only two years old, Lilith, so... Black cats abound. Mr. Melvin is part black. Mr. Moosey is not. But we love them both. I guess Moose has a little black in him. He's... It's more white and gray, but some of the gray has some black in it. Anyway, they are excellent boys, excellent producers, and they're here with me today as I record tonight's episode. And tonight's episode is... Uh, legal episode, themed, law-themed. I actually know the father of one of the reporters on a, on a podcast that focuses on legal stuff. That podcast is In the Dark, which recently uh, was named, I think, the best podcast of 2018 by some major publications, so great, good for them. I was uh, I was a close number two on on most of those rankings. It was in the dark number one and uh, podcast fall asleep to number two. Don't uh, don't search for those those lists, but just trust that they're real. Anyway, I'm not trying to lean the focus of this show into legal stuff, although I have before with uh, Hadley and Baxendale, or, or was it? Uh, I think that's the episode. And, I, we've had some legal discussions, but uh, not not commonly, but we're going to do another today. First, I'm going to go grab a cup of water, because 
I'm thirsty. So I'm leaning back and putting my headphones on the uh, noise shield and getting my wires off of me, my cables. I have the from the cable from the headphones to the microphone and then from the microphone to the computer. Both of those are on me right now, but I'm taking them off. Standing up, actually sitting on an ottoman today because it rearranges the microphone. My, it orients my mouth and the microphone at a good height based on the table I'm at. Uh, I'm going to check the bedroom. I think I have a cup of water next to my bed, next to the bed on the nightstand. I'm going to check that real quick. It's just in the other room. So I'm in the other room, and uh, I see the cup. But, you know, I actually drank all that water. It looks like it's empty, so I'm going to walk back and walk over the sink and uh, fill it up with some water. So now I'm crossing the microphone thing to the other side of it. I'm in the kitchen, I'm flipping the water filter thing, but on off the water, flipping the filter off. I think I'll probably cut out the actual water filling up sound. I'm just going to take a look around for Mr. Melvin, because I thought he was in the kitchen, and he's not, so I'm not sure where he went. He might be in one of the litter boxes, but let's see. I don't see him there. I'm just going to check the bedroom for Melvin real quick. Miss Moosey is here behind me, just chilling. I don't see Melvin in the bedroom. I guess I saw him earlier. He can't be. He's just hiding somewhere, being a weirdo. Not sure where. I get a little worried about Melvin sometimes because uh, he gets stuck places. There he has. One time he got stuck in the closet. He's not a very good meower. I don't know how long he was stuck in there for. I don't know where this uh, silly cat has got to. Well, I'm sure he'll turn up somewhere. In the meantime, I've got a show to do, so... I guess I should do it. Now I'm just, now I'm just wondering where he went, because I don't... I don't know where he could have went. I feel like I've checked all the all the places that cats can fit and get to. I don't see him, so I don't know where uh, where that little where that could have gone. A lousy producer walking off on the job, huh? Good thing Moose is here to keep it tied down. I really don't know where this little dude could have gone. I'm just looking for the cat now. And... You heard at the beginning of the episode, he was in the kitchen, batting around some of his toys. 
pourquoi Where's your boyfriend? Yeah. Alright, he was in the kitchen. He was uh, blending in, camouflaged. Oh man, I hope some of that's usable. He was uh, next to the toaster oven, which is black, and he is mostly black. Blending in pretty well. Anyway, I'm going to read a, a paper by Tyler Snow today. Subject is de facto life sentences for juveniles and legislative hurdles for reform. overview. In this paper, I provide a survey of the law on juvenile life without parole on the federal level and how it has been handled in Oregon. For our class purposes, I limited my analysis to the Eighth Amendment claims for sentencing and not those under the Oregon Constitution. I'm unsure of the uh, name of the class, but I do know it is uh, with Professor Joseph O'Leary. Snow continues, I go on to describe possible legislative solutions for prohibiting de facto life sentences, mindful of current federal and state case law. And now Mr. Melvin seems to want to move around a bit. After he watched me search the whole house looking for him, he decided that he wanted to get out of his little camouflaged hiding spot. He's sniffing something that... Alright, now he's licking himself good. Looked like he might try to eat something he shouldn't for a second there. Section 2, Life Without Parole in Federal Law. Part A, Supreme Court and Eighth Amendment. The Eighth Amendment applies to juvenile proceedings, however civil in appearance, so long a child's liberty is at stake. That is not always the case, however... The current system, which treats juvenile proceedings with the due process considerations of a criminal system, stems from a legal sea change replacing the previous paternal and legally informal system capable of imposing significant terms of incapacitation. On the Supreme Court level, the Warren framed this due process shift with two landmark cases, Kent v. United States and 
Henry Galt. Melvin is really, uh, really worked up now. Kant first recognized that juvenile courts of the time required some essentials of due process and fair treatment in their proceedings. Shortly after, Galt followed Kant's logic to conclude the juvenile kangaroo courts required criminal constitutional protections both in and outside the courtroom. For our purposes, this meant that if the government was going to punish children, those punishments would be subject to constitutional scrutiny. Today that scrutiny is amidst a wave of reform focused on the Eighth Amendment and the appropriateness of punishments in light of scientific developments in adolescent brain science. In a series of cases considering sentences of life and death, the court incorporated contemporary science to support its Eighth Amendment analysis. In doing so, they struck down the death penalty for children, life without parole screams for non-homicide offenses, and essentially barred life without parole for juvenile charged with any single offense. The fundamental differences between children and adults was central. The Supreme Court made judicial notice of several key differences in applying its reasoning. When analyzed under the Eighth Amendment precedents, these differences subversively demonstrated the logical mismatch with penological justifications of severe juvenile sentences. Miller, the principal Supreme Court case for this paper, marked the confluence of two lines of Eighth Amendment precedent, namely, categorical concerns for the general appropriateness of adult sentences for juveniles with issues of the proportionality in punishing children. Citing Roper and Graham, the court noticed the three essential reasons for considering children to be different than adults. One, their lack maturity and underdeveloped sense of responsibility, leading to recklessness, impulsivity, and heedless risk-taking. Two, that they are more vulnerable to the negative influences and outside pressures, including from their family and peers, have limited control over their own environment, and lack the ability to extricate themselves from horrific, crime-producing settings. And three, lastly, their character is not as well-formed as adults, and their brains are less fixed, and actions less likely to be evidence of irretrievable depravity. The court refers to the Miller considerations in terms of transient immaturity of youth. And I dicked around uh, way too much to finish reading this section, this paper, or even this section, so I'm just going to call it there. Thank you to Tyler Snow for providing the literature for this week's episode. If you want to uh, sponsor an episode and 
give me something to talk about. Uh, you can make a donation at podcastfallsleep2.com. Any donation warrants a sponsorship, and so long as it's not offensive or could get me in trouble legally, uh, you make a donation and ask me to do something, and I will do my best to do it. No refunds. And if you want to follow any of the social media accounts, you can do so at Podcast Fall Asleep 2 on Instagram and Facebook. Twitter is Podcast TFAT. That's TFAT as in to fall asleep to. And the Twitter handle is like that because the whole thing of Podcast Fall Asleep 2 is too many characters for a Twitter username. You can also, uh, if you want to... You can interact or follow and keep up with any of those. If you want to just say hello, you can do so uh, on any of those or also at podcastfallasleep2 at gmail.com. And whatever you're listening to this on, if you want to uh, leave a comment, a nice message, or uh, or a five-star rating, assuming it's something that is based out, assuming you're listening to this on something that ranks out of five stars if it's more stars all the stars is what i want please that helps people to find the podcast and know uh know what's going on and and be able to fall asleep a little easier themselves and be sure to check out the drinks and disney podcast on valentine's day you can hear me and my girlfriend morgan talking with uh host of that show, Stina, and her boyfriend, Nader, about the uh, wonderful movie WALL-E. So tonight from Highland Park, uh, producers uh, Moose and Malvin, Biju Banui, and I'm Jimmy Cho. Until next week, sweet dreams.